Welcome back, Giants fans. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the intro. My guy John made it for me on Twitter. I said a few videos ago, I was like, I need an intro. So I was taking like requests. And I only got one request from John and he gave me the intro. I put my own music in. I might change it up because that was my outro music for like two years ago. So if you've been with me for a while, you probably remember that song. But anyway, today we're going to talk about 10 burning questions for the New York Giants in 2022. Before we get to that, though, I want to go over the first depth chart that was released. And by the way, the Giants play their first game tomorrow. Very excited for it. I might stream that game. I might. It depends what mood I'm in. But I might stream that game. We'll let you guys know tomorrow on Twitter and the uh, community page. But we'll see. Um, I'm trying to look like anything surprising here. I mean, left guard, of course, was kind of a question mark. Shane Lemieux right now is the starting left guard. John Feliciano at center. Tight end one's Daniel Bellinger, followed by Chris Myerick and then Andre Miller. So Jordan Akins and Ricky Seals-Jones, those guys are buried right now. So one of those guys might get cut depending on how this goes. Quarterback two, Tyrod Taylor. Quarterback one, Daniel Jones. No surprise. Defensively, I mean, Tay Crowder, inside linebacker number two behind Blake. Not really a surprise. Nickel cornerbacks Darnay Holmes over Cordell Flott. Of course, Cordell Flott was a third-round pick this past year. He's part of this current regime. Darnay Holmes was last regime, but apparently he's playing great in camp, so I guess that one makes sense. Then you look at the cornerback position. Aaron Robinson is the cornerback number two opposite of Adoree Jackson, and it seems like Rodarius Williams is the cornerback three, technically, the outside guy, so if something happens to Adoree or Aaron Robinson, it seems like Rodarius Williams is that next guy stepping up, so... Hopefully, he is a good enough back of corner for us. And the safety position, there was questions of who is next to Xavier McKinney. Right now, it's Julian Love. The Dame Belton collarbone injury definitely opened up a spot for him. And Andrew Adams is listed behind Xavier McKinney. So he's like considered a free safety according to this. So, so yeah, Julian Love next to McKinney. I mean, we'll see how that goes. Julian Love's not really been given like a fair starting job for an entire season. So I'm curious to see how he looks. But Dame Belton is a part of this current Joe Shane and Brian Dable regime. So it would not surprise me if they go to him when he's healthy. But for now, at least, it's Julian Love. So anyway, let's get into the 10 burning questions for the Giants in 2022. Question number one, what does Daniel Jones have to do to prove he's a franchise quarterback of the New York Giants, of course? So this is a question that we all have on our minds coming into this year, and we know it's a make or break year. I kind of feel Daniel Jones got lucky because this past quarterback draft was not very good and the Giants kind of had to stick with Daniel Jones because of that. I think if this was a very good quarterback class like two years ago when there was Trey Lance and Mac Jones and Justin Fields and Zach Wills and Trevor Lawrence, that type of draft, and the Giants held the 5-7 and seven pick, I do believe they would have gotten their guy. But based on last year and there not being a quarterback taken in the top 20, Kenny Pickett was the first guy at number 20 overall, I believe. Um, Daniel Jones got himself another year. Now, they got themselves a better backup quarterback and Tyrod Taylor, some more competition, quote unquote. But this is a Tyrod's a much bigger upgrade than what we saw last year with Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm. I will say that. But anyway, if you ask different Giants fans their opinions on what Daniel Jones has to do to be a franchise quarterback for this team, you may get different answers and there might be different confidence levels. Like for me personally, my confidence is like there's a 10% chance. You might ask another person who might say, oh, there's a 50-50 chance Daniel Jones is back next year. So it depends who you ask. But for me, what Daniel Jones needs to do this year, I think number one is show consistency. I think we've seen too many instances, and this includes injury as well, durability, but Daniel Jones has had too many inconsistent games. You look at his 
rookie season even, his best performances came in like four games where he had four touchdowns and no interceptions versus the Jets, the Lions, and Washington, and some other, oh, the Buccaneers at that time. And the rest of the performances were not very good. So Daniel Jones has to be more consistent first and foremost. Obviously, durability is there. The guy has not played a full season since, what is like junior year of college, sophomore year of college. It's been a long time for Daniel, so ever since he's been in the NFL. I do think they may have dragged on his injury his rookie year with the ankle. Like, I do think if it happened now, he would have played through it. But at that time, it was Eli Manning going away, and they wanted to give him a couple starts before he retired. So, you know, I don't think that was like a big deal. But anyway, Daniel Jones has technically not stayed healthy his first three years in the NFL. I think making the playoffs is one. I know that we don't like to attach wins and team success to quarterback play, but... At the end of the day, like this is a Giants team that I think ultimately wants to go in a different direction in the future. I think Joe Shane and Brian Dable took over this job, envisioning themselves getting their own quarterback one day. I don't think they took this job because of Daniel Jones. I think they took this job because they saw this whole thing needs to be blown up and they can get their own people in here as the years go on. Now, as I mentioned, Daniel Jones got himself another year by default, but if Daniel Jones really wants to have this front office put confidence in him, I do think this team needs to get close to the playoffs. They might not have to make the playoffs. Maybe eight or nine wins is good enough. But if the Giants are not winning games with Daniel Jones at the helm, it's not going to be enough. Now, obviously, there's going to be like a rare exception if the Giants have a historically bad defense, but Daniel Jones has like 40 touchdowns. Yeah, that's different, but that's just very unlikely to happen. So if Daniel Jones puts up great numbers, it should equal more Giants wins is what I'm saying. And lastly, big plays. This is a regime that came from Josh Allen. Like Josh Allen has so many big plays with Buffalo, extending the play, throwing the ball downfield, big running plays for Josh Allen. And of course, red zone success too. I should put that in there because the Bills, of course, had a lot of red zone success with Josh Allen. But coming from Josh Allen, seeing the amount of big plays they had in Buffalo with him, and then going to Daniel Jones, if Daniel Jones is showing the ability to not have any big plays, that's going to be a turnoff for Brian Dable and Joe Shane. They're coming from a system where their previous team, the Buffalo Bills, had so many big plays, but if Daniel Jones shows he cannot do that consistently, that's not going to be a good look. It seems like now they have enough weapons. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Wandell Robinson, Saquon Barkley, they have enough weapons to have big plays happen, but if Daniel Jones is off target with his deep throws or just not taking the shots deep because he's already been trained by Jason Garrett not to do that, if that's getting in the way, then yeah, they're not going to like that. So ultimately, I do think it's a smaller chance Daniel Jones is back next year, but there is a chance. But that is one of the bigger questions for the Giants this year. What does Daniel Jones have to do to prove he's a franchise quarterback? Question number two, does Saquon Barkley still have some 2018 left inside of him? So um, yeah, I've been on record saying I don't think we'll ever see the same 2018 version of Saquon where it's over 2,000 scrimmage yards, but I think he can get close to it. And I, I've said before, I think he can be 90% of the same guy we saw. And if you've been watching some Giants training camp highlights and whatnot, we'll see him in preseason hopefully tomorrow as well. But Saquon has been looking really good. He trucked Aaron Robinson. He's been looking really good. They're running the ball pretty well in camp apparently. And let's be honest, this is probably the best situation Saquon has been in in his NFL career. Like maybe... You go back to his rookie year in 2018, it was a decent situation, but still not really as good as this one is. You have more weapons now. You have a much better offensive play caller. I mean, Pat Sherman was fine, but still, I, I definitely have higher expectations for Dable and Kafka than I did Pat Shermer. And this is definitely Saquon's best offensive line. Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, Mark Lewinsky... 
hopefully Shane Lemieux is fine. Hopefully uh, Feliciano is fine. So, but three of those guys are like reliable players in my opinion. I expect a lot out of those three guys. So you have a better offensive line than years past. And you know Saquon last year, yes, he was technically outperformed by Devontae Booker on a touch per touch basis. But I choose to believe that Saquon Barkley was not healthy really at all last year, and it was pretty unfortunate. He was coming off the ACL tear, came back, hurt his ankle, the thing swelled up like a balloon, and then he came back a bit too soon probably and tried to rush back but he just did not look right for most of the season he had a couple of long runs here and there but like it just was not at the 2018 pace whatsoever but I've said before, I think Saquon could have like 1,200 rushing yards, hopefully around 400 to 500 receiving yards, and somewhere around 10 touchdowns. Like that would be an ideal season for Saquon. I don't expect him to be a giant beyond this year, but as I said to you guys before, you can hate the pick, you can love the pick, but Saquon Barkley playing well is the best case scenario for the Giants because it would help the comp pick for next year. If Saquon has a big year this year, he'll be signed for more money elsewhere, and the Giants would get a better comp pick in return. And on the flip side, if the Giants want to trade Saquon let's say Saquon has an amazing first five six seven games of this year they can trade him at a pretty high value as compared to what it is right now because Saquon has not been seen healthy in a long time so you know you can be a Saquon hater quote unquote but I think if you if your best interest is for the Giants Saquon Barkley playing well is the best thing right now for this team number three is can Kadarius Tony stay on the field I think we all know that when Kadarius Tony's on the field he does play well we saw it last year he was really productive when he was out there even in a bad offense, but you go down his injury history and it is not too lovely. I'll put it that way. 2017, shoulder injury. 2019, shoulder injury. Last year's training camp, hamstring strain. Last year in October had the ankle sprain. Then he aggravated the same ankle the next week and missed the game. He had the quad strain. He missed four games. He had the abdominal injury. He missed another three games, shoulder injury. And then this past May in 2022, he had that minor knee surgery. So yeah, we know Kadarius Tony can play ball. We know that, right? But can he stay on the field consistently? That's a big question. I'm not too confident about that. I think hopefully we get at least 13, 14 games out of him, but to expect him to play the entire season and stay healthy, I don't know if I can believe in that. I just I hope I'm wrong, but just looking at this long list of injuries, it's like, holy crap, this is a lot. So if he can stay healthy, though, that's a guy that can obviously be a wide receiver one. We see the talent. I don't really have the high expectations for a Kenny Galladay like I did last year, and Wandell Robinson's just a rookie, so you look at the wide receiving core, and Kadarius Toney has to step up and be that number one guy, so hopefully he can do that, but he has to stay healthy for this 2022 season. Number four, do the Giants have their tackles of the future, talking about Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas, and my answer is going to be yes. I think both of those guys are going to prove to be franchise tackles in the NFL, Obviously, they were taken very high in the draft. Neil was taken seventh this past year, and Andrew Thomas was number four in 2020. But I think about those guys. Yes, there is some injury risk. We know Thomas had some games missed last year. Evan Neal being as big as he is, 6'7", 6'8", there's always some injury risk there. But at the same time, those guys from a talent standpoint, I have no doubt they can be franchise tackles in the NFL. And that will be so big for this team, honestly, because if this trajectory goes the way most of us think it will, and there is a rookie quarterback next year, having two really good franchise tackles is going to help that young quarterback so much. So having those two guys in their early 20s, playing at a high level for hopefully the next five to seven years, 
it's hard to say decade because, you know, NFL careers don't last that long. But the next five to seven years of Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas, that would be fantastic. It would help the run game so much, the quarterback, the weapons, everybody. So hopefully those guys can stay healthy. And as I've said in the past with my theory of teams that have two good tackles, they tend to have good offensive lines as a whole. Hopefully this year that's the case. Andrew Thomas got to stay healthy. Evan Neal might run into a rookie wall. You never know. But when those guys hit their peak, they're going to be good players. But hopefully they can just stay on the field. Number five is Brian Dable the right guy for the job? Now, the Giants, of course, have had so many head coaches since 2015. Tom Coughlin, Ben McAdoo, Steve Spagnuolo, Pat Shermer, and Joe Judge. And now number six is Brian Dable. My goodness, that's a lot. So yeah, Brian Dable so far, good vibes around him, positive energy, all that stuff. And we know with Joe Judge the last couple years, we've seen some things in training camp. The sliding in the mud was the number one thing. But most of us thought Joe Judge was going to be the coach here for a long time. I was hoping that would be the case. Things completely unraveled last year in ways we did not expect. Now, I will say Brian Dable already has an upper hand because he's not tied to Dave Gettleman. I think the past two coaches here... We're kind of already given a death sentence before they even started because Dave Gettleman is that bad of a GM. But Brian Dable luckily has a guy in Joe Shane that he knew from his previous destination in Buffalo. Those guys will work together. They'll put their brain power together, hopefully make the best decisions for the Giants. We've only seen one offseason so far, but it seems like they get it. They did not spend recklessly this offseason. They were doing the right thing. They are trying to prepare for a rebuild. I think most of us understand that. So Brian Dable, we're not going to see that many wins this year. I'm not assuming the Giants are going to be like a 10-plus win team. I'm personally expecting like somewhere from the 5 to 7 range in terms of Giants wins this year, which sucks, but that's just how it goes with the rebuild. I think we know that. But Dable comes from Buffalo with some question marks, of course. You know, how much of it was Josh Allen? How much of it was Dable? Did Josh Allen make Brian Dable? Did both of those guys, you know, do stuff on the same level? Or did Brian Dable make Josh Allen? Which I don't think is the case, but you never know. So yeah, I mean, he did have a great offense there in Buffalo the past couple years, but being attached to a great quarterback like Josh Allen, that can definitely inflate how the rest of the league looks at you. So Brian Dable so far though, it seems like there is something different about him as compared to Joe Judge. I think with Judge, some players liked Judge, but I think a lot of players also were scared of Joe Judge. You know what I mean? So that's not what you want to have. You want to have an atmosphere where players are going to play loosely and you know, not be afraid to make mistakes. That's like, especially in preseason and training camp, you don't want guys to be afraid to make mistakes. Like, that's just not the environment you want. And I don't think Brian Dable gives off that vibe like Joe Judge did. So hopefully it's fine. It all comes down to talent, obviously, but I do have faith that Joe Shane and Brian Dable will one day put together a good roster for this team. Whether it, you know, takes until next year or 2024, we'll see how long it takes. But I think Brian Dable will show us pretty early that he's going to be a better coach than the last guy we had, and hopefully it stays like that. We saw some positive signs from Joe Judge's rookie year in 2020, but then he regressed in 2021, so hopefully that's not how it goes. I saw the same thing with Steve Nash and the Brooklyn Nets. Steve Nash showed some signs he was okay his first year and regressed in year two, so the Brian Dable question might not be answered for another couple years, but as of right now, I feel pretty good about this. I can't see a scenario where Dable is like fired anytime soon. I think he'll get at least three years here, especially since he's tied to Joe Shane. So hopefully that is the case. And hopefully Brian Dable is a successful coach for the New York Giants. Number six is Kayvon Thibodeau, as good as advertised. So if you've been keeping up with Giants training camp news, 
it seems like Kayvon Thibodeau is absolutely tearing it up. And that's not really a surprise. I mean, the guy is super talented. He was rumored to go first overall for a long time until the quote-unquote off-field concerns happened. And what the hell? I don't know what that was. But anyway, good thing for us. He fell to fifth overall. The Giants took him. So... He has been doing very well in training camp. I hope he has a great preseason. And look, I mean, as a rookie, I think it is possible, of course, for rookie pass rushers to just right away be really good. But it might take him till year two to be like the full potential Kayvon Thibodeau. I think we know that. But he just seems locked in right now. There were concerns about like, oh, how much does the guy love football? Or is off-field... Uh, interest going to get in the way and blah 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 that has not been the case so far the guy's absolutely locked in and if he goes out there and has you know a defensive rookie of the year type season I will not be surprised whatsoever and this team needs a pass rusher like that so badly we have not had an elite pass rusher since I guess Jason Pierre-Paul but of course he had a weird career he broke out in 2011 had the injuries in between then then 2016 2017 put up some pretty good numbers but still it was kind of a weird career but Kayvon hopefully can be a guy here for the next half decade even more where he is one of the better pass rushers in the NFL so far from what we've seen and what we've heard he is as good as advertised so we'll see what happens when he goes up against other NFL teams and other NFL level tackles but I will say I'm very excited to see what's been going on with him so far and hopefully the guy can be on the field and put up some great numbers this rookie season question number seven who steps up in the secondary that's definitely a big thing not because James Bradbury and Jabril Peppers left that's part of it but also because of this defensive scheme of Don Martindale so we know Martindale is going to be very aggressive and send a lot of blitzes and that sometimes puts your corners and safeties on an island and if those guys are not doing their job the Giants will allow a lot of big plays this year unfortunately so the Giants need some guys in the secondary to step up I think Adoree Jackson when he's healthy is a very good corner it just depends can he stay healthy if he gets hurt this year this defense might be in a very rough spot so hopefully Adoree can be on the field for all 17 games the guys who could step up of course that could be Aaron Robinson right now who's slated to be the starter across from Adoree and Aaron Robinson last year played about half the year and he definitely showed some positive signs like there were some rookie mistakes here and there but for the most part it was like oh this guy is a pretty good player he was a third round pick in the 2021 draft so yeah if he can be out there a full season another guy that was recovering from injury last year lots of injury concerns with this team as we know but if he can be out there for a full season that would be awesome so that's one guy Aaron Robinson Dornay Holmes is another guy he definitely fell out the rotation last year with Joe Judge it was weird he definitely he started out the year playing a lot of snaps then he, I guess he did something wrong and Joe Judge kind of benched him for almost the rest of the year he came back later in the season but it was a very weird year for Darnay Holmes in year two but Darnay is a guy that I was a fan of when we drafted him he had a pretty good rookie year so if he's the starting slot corner you definitely have to have a good season out of him and definitely Julian Love like that's a guy who was bounced around everywhere Julian Love was supposed to be an outside corner coming out of Notre Dame they tried him at slot corner the first preseason he was here it did not go very well then he played some safety at times the last couple years, and he was okay at it, but, you know, still, it's a guy who has not really had a consistent position for a while, as I mentioned. So if Julian Love is the starting safety opposite of McKinney, I would like to see what he does at a position consistently. He has not been given consistent reps at one position for 
an extended period of time. So once again, that may change when Dane Belton comes back. It might be his job when he comes back, but that is a rookie. So hopefully Julian Love can hold him off for a while. So yeah, Aaron Robinson, Darnay Holmes, Julian Love, those three guys right there are very important. Of course, Rodarius Williams is in there, Cordell Flott, even Andrew Adams, who they just signed at safety recently. Those guys are important as well. But those first three guys are very important to this defensive success. And of course, having a Dory Jackson and Aaron Robinson stay healthy as well. Number eight, will Dom Martindale's defense be as good as it was in Baltimore with less talent? So this is my concern, is that when Baltimore had their injuries last year, Don Martindale's defense did not look very good. Now, Baltimore had a historic amount of injuries. They lost both their starting corners, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. Derek Wolf didn't really play last year. They had a lot of bad injuries in Baltimore last season. But this Giants defense, as we know, there is some talent to it, but there definitely are some question marks. We just talked about the secondary, the linebacker spot, especially behind Martinez, has a lot of questions. It is definitely not a sure thing. I mentioned that they're going to be aggressive. That's his nature. He has led the league in blitzing, I think, like four of the past five years he's been a defensive coordinator. So the guy will blitz a lot. And if this Giants defense can't cover, that's going to be a massive issue. So my concern is that do the Giants have enough talent in their secondary to really do and run what Don Martindale wants to do? Now, if they're pass rushers get at it and Kayvon is amazing and Aziz Ojolari breaks out in year two and Leonard Williams does his thing and Dexter Lawrence and Blake Martinez blitzes and that could be fine of course but if those guys are not getting consistent pressure that's going to be an issue I'm sure there will be some slot blitzes as well we'll see if Cordell Flott and even Darnay Holmes can get some sacks this year but you know I do have questions because this guy Martindale had a very talented defense in Baltimore for a while he had guys like Earl Thomas Yannick Ngakwe, Calais Campbell, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, Chuck Clark, whoever. Like, they had a lot of talented guys on that team. So, can going from that type of talent to what the Giants have now, is it going to be a big fall-off for Don Martindale? That's a big question I have. Question number nine is, can they finally stay healthy for a season? I can't answer that right now, but we know the Giants are always up there near the top, or maybe the top and games missed due to injury every single year. So I just mentioned how it was bad for Baltimore last year. It feels like it's that same way for the Giants, but every single year. And I feel like the last time the Giants really had injury luck was probably 2016. Like, they always seem to miss guys, especially the past few years. 2017 was horrible with injuries. So, you know, even Daniel Jones has missed time with injuries. Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Toney, Andrew Thomas. Like, we've seen too much of it. Shane Lemieux missed all of last year. Normally, defensively, the Giants' injuries are not as bad. But just offensively, their weapons, I mean, they cannot stay healthy for the life of them. So I really hope this is the year that adding guys like Wandell Robinson, I didn't mention Sterling Shepard, he gets hurt every year, but hopefully adding Wandell Robinson is going to help with that, but Kadarius got to stay healthy, Galladay has definitely had injuries in the past, Daniel Bellinger had a small injury in camp, but he should be fine, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just... I just want to see this team healthy at some point. You know what I mean? Like, let's just pray to the football guys. Like, can we finally get a healthy offense? I'm not even talking about the whole team, just offense. I want to see, you know, what Daniel Jones looks like with consistent weapons around him. Is he actually a good quarterback that we're not seeing, or does the guy just stink? I mean, we have to find out this year. So 
Hopefully they can stay healthy this year, but I cannot answer that question right now. And number 10, what is considered a successful season in 2022? I think there's a bunch of different ways to answer this one, but for me, the answer is seeing the young court players of this team get better and seeing that Brian Dable is a competent head coach. That is all I want to see this year. Of course, winning would be nice, but I just don't really expect it. The Giants are probably at best, the third best team in their division. And there's a lot of good young players on this team. The two tackles, Kayvon, Kadarius Toney, Wandale Robinson, Bellinger, guys like that. There's a lot of young, talented players. I want to see them play at a high level. And I want to see Brian Dable be a good head coach, obviously. That's a big thing as well. But if Brian Dable's out here calling terrible timeouts, throwing the challenge flag at bad times, his offense looks terrible that's not going to be fun. So I think the Giants will lose more games than they win this year just based on talent. But if they can show that they have a competent head coach and the young guys are playing at a high level and they're getting better each week, that's all I want to see because I really do believe the Giants timeline, they're not going to be a great team until 2024. You know, like next year is probably going to be draft a rookie quarterback and hopefully by the rookie quarterback's second year, 2024, the Giants can actually play for the playoffs and be a very competitive team. So for now, at least, I just want to see the young guys get better and Brian Dable will be a good head coach. That's all I could ask for. But I'm definitely curious, leave in the comments, what do you think would be a successful season for the Giants in 2022? That's going to do it for the video. Hopefully everyone enjoyed. Some more Giants content, of course, will come out as the preseason goes on. I might stream the game tomorrow once again. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed and I'll talk to you guys next time.